Welcome to the Fighting for Joy podcast. I'm your host, Jody Blick. I'm so glad you are here listening to the podcast today. And my hope, as always, is that as you listen, you are encouraged and helped in your own fight for joy. There are so many hard things to deal with in life, and I started this podcast to remind us all that there is joy and hope to be found. It's just that often we need help with this fight for joy, people who will cheer us on and come alongside of us with encouragement, friends who are willing to share their own stories of pressing forward in hope. And my guest today is a great example of this. I couldn't be more excited to welcome Becky Novacek to the podcast. Becky is one of the most beautiful, interesting, and purposeful people that I know. And as soon as I started making a list of friends that I wanted to have on the podcast this season to encourage you in your fight for joy, she was at the top of the list. Becky is well known around this area for her amazing photography, but in our community, she is also well known and admired for her strong faith, her creativity, her care for other women, her style, and the ways that she serves and loves people well. And while she really invests in our town and loves this place, she's also become quite an influencer on social media, inspiring women of all ages and all parts of the country with her wise perspective and the beauty and insights that she shares. I learned so much from her. I'm inspired by her. I'm grateful for the ways that she makes me want to love God and others more. And I also just really enjoy her. She's a lot of fun, a wonderful friend with a heart of gold. So I'm thrilled that she said yes to being on the podcast and so happy with all that we were able to cover today. I hope it blesses and encourages you. Here's my conversation with Becky. Hi, Becky. Hi, Jody. Thanks for coming over today. It's my pleasure. Yeah, I was really looking forward to this and um, just thrilled to have you here, thrilled to have this conversation and um, I already know that you're just going to bring inspiration and wisdom and encouragement to everybody who listens. So thank you so much for recording this episode with me. Thank you for having me. It really is an honor, Jody. Good. Well, this will be fun. And I just want to jump right in by um, starting uh, by having you tell my listeners just a little bit about yourself and what your life looks like here in our shared community in Nebraska. Yes, so I live right here in Fremont, and I am a wife to Tom, and we have four grown children and 12 grandchildren, and I guess that makes me seasoned, right? (laughs) It does, (laughs) beautifully seasoned. (laughs) Oh, thank you. So I am a full-time photographer, and I have a studio in downtown Fremont, and one of my connections to you, Jody, is Justine. Mm Mm-hmm. That's for I enjoyed sure. having Justine in my home. She helped me about once a week yeah, for a couple of yeah, years in yeah. high school. Yes, yes. She loved working for you. That was just the perfect job for her in high school. And, and the blessing out of that is you really became a mentor and a friend to her. And you know, as a mom, that makes you so grateful. And um, so thank you for that. Absolutely. I loved having her in my home. And I love mm-hmm. that she still will reach out to me when she's back in town and we can get together and have coffee or go for a walk. Our go-to is to go for a walk. Yes. Well, she (laughs) loves that. She loves that. And just the ways that you've loved on her and 
built into her. Um, we've seen great fruit from that. So thank you for your willingness when she is back to make time for her. I just love her. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she loves you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I, you know, and I feel like I've always kind of known who, who you are. I mean, we do live in a smaller community. You are a well-known photographer and our families have, they've been connected over the years, um, whether it be through our moms or through church or mutual friends, but I am thankful that our friendship has really kind of bloomed um, just these last few years. And more recently, I feel like Instagram has helped us <laughs> to get better connected. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. And I love that now some of your friends have become my friends and vice versa. Exactly. And we've just created all these different connections with yeah, each other. Yeah, it's, it's very been fun. really special. I just feel like it's a great way to discover um, common interests. And as you and I have talked about, I mean, we do connect on a lot of levels and in a variety of facets of life, which is hard to find sometimes in a friend. And I don't know if I would have necessarily found that out if it wasn't for Instagram. But I do. I love that we can be talking about our faith and then we can jump to nutrition or working out. And, you know, then we're talking about grief and loss and struggle. And then all of a sudden we're talking about style or the Enneagram or <laughs> keto friendly desserts. I mean, the diversity of our friendship is really a huge blessing to me, Becky, and just um, one of the things that continually draws me to you. Thank you, Jody. I feel the same way. And honestly, last year when we started meeting mm -hmm. kind of regularly, mm -hmm. it really was for 2019, that was one of the greatest joys that the oh. year brought to me. Well, I love that. I would say the same thing. Same thing. So, and it's funny because I have had... Um, two other previous guests on the podcast, Jen from Heart of the Bison and Naomi from Holistic Care, who I mentioned on her episode that I got to know through you. Um, but these women are also people that I've gotten to know better this past year through interactions on Instagram. So for me, I mean, Instagram really is proving to be a neat way to actually connect with um, like-minded people. I love it. I agree. Yeah. And for local real life friends like like you and me, I mean, when we can't get together or we have a few weeks where our paths don't connect, um, I feel like we still kind of know what's going on in each other's lives and still interact through messages and stories. It's been special. Yes, I agree. Well, as you know, this this podcast is called Fighting for Joy. And I think at this stage in our lives, we would agree that everyone at some point in their life will have to fight a little harder or a lot harder for joy, um, depending on the season of life that they're in. So I want to start by asking you first about how you have had to fight for joy these last couple years, or if there's a particular area in your life where you tend to get more discouraged? Yes, I would say the greatest transformation for me has happened um, through my thought life. Mm -hmm. Developing um, thought patterns that are positive and, and just making the decision to not allow every thought that comes into my head to take root mm -hmm. and just deciding that I'm going to base my mindset based on God's word mm -hmm. and not on any um, fears or worries that I have. Mm -hmm. And that was a past thought pattern that I had to break. And really over the years, the Lord has helped me break it a lot. But about maybe five years ago, I faced a challenge where I just really had to um, get serious about it and not mess around with any kind of fear mm -hmm. or worry because mm -hmm. uh, it was just crucial for my well-being to yeah. rise above that. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people are going to be nodding their heads saying me too because you're right. I mean, so many battles are fought in our mind 
and it can be um, just such an area of discouragement and lacking joy when we um, are um, not taking those thoughts captive and not battling the way that we need to. So, and you know, the first time that I mentioned to you even about being a guest on the podcast, we started throwing around just a bunch of ideas of things to talk about. Um, I see you live a lot of these various tools out in your life. I feel like you're a serious fighter for joy and I could probably have you on multiple times and still have more to ask you and have you share about. But today I did ask you to kind of narrow it down to one main tool that you found to be life-giving and effective in your personal fight for joy. So, so when you are struggling with these thoughts, when you are battling in this way and you're lacking joy, what helps you? Yes, one of the key things that uh, I really embraced about five years ago was to find one Bible verse that I could cling to, Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't have to go find my Bible, that I would be able to just claim it whenever negative thoughts came in my head. And that verse is 2 Corinthians 10, 5. And basically the part of the verse that I claim, and I still claim it, but I don't need it as often as mm. I used to, which is a mm. blessing. It is. But it's the verse about taking every thought captive mm-hmm. to the obedience of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that I'm not a slave to my thoughts, the negative thoughts that would come into my mind, um, that I'm not a slave to that, mm-hmm. that I can overcome those thoughts and that... I can move on. I can acknowledge the feeling and recognize it and then rise above it mm-hmm. and just claim God's promises, just all of the promises in his word for us that are for our good Yeah, and yeah. trusting his faithfulness, recalling his past faith- faithfulness to me. Mm-hmm. So on a real practical level, I mean, you picked a verse, you memorized it, you repeated it back to yourself, and you claimed it on the days when you felt like you were becoming a slave to these thought patterns. Mm -hmm. Yes. So something else that I was going to mention in um, recalling his faithfulness is when I was really struggling, one of the things that was super helpful to me was to just put on my running shoes Mm -hmm. and get out and get some fresh air and either walk or run. And in my, um, the music that I would select was very different than what I would have selected prior to to struggling. Mm -hmm. And that was experiential hymns. Mm. Great is thy faithfulness, amazing grace. Mm. It is well with my soul. And I would say I was, I was basically just beating the pavement with my Mm. feet as Mm. I listened to that music, just pounding in my head. Mm. And it just had tremendous power. Mm-hmm. to help me to overcome any negative thoughts or unworthiness or mm-hmm. self-doubt. Mm-hmm. I love that connection too, because I mean, you and I have talked um, often about the mind and body connection. And, yes, you know, from the feedback that I got back on my episode on holistic care, I know this is something that many people are beginning to focus on more and understand better. So I love that you are tying the two of those things together. You're putting your running shoes on, you're getting outside, you're moving your body, and you're putting these uh, tried and true hymns and these lyrics and these words into your mind. Um, So how, let's just talk about that for a couple minutes quickly. I mean, how does a healthy mindset, um, you know, or vice versa, when we're caring for our bodies and moving our bodies and fueling our bodies with the right things, as um, as Jenny said on the episode about fighting for joy with physical activities, 
how does, you know, caring for ourselves physically tie into a healthy and balanced mindset? I mean, how, so you, you gave a practical example of what that might look like for you. Why do you think that those two things work together? Why do you think one affects the other? Well, I, I've just noticed, um, from a practical standpoint, uh, I spend a lot of time on the computer editing photos and sometimes I'll reach a point of frustration Mm -hmm. and I really quickly learned that I needed to remove myself from that situation and go do something physical. Hmm. So that was when I first started really recognizing that connection. But as far as, um, I relate so well to what Naomi shared Mm -hmm. about our holistic being Mm-hmm. Because I definitely can feel the difference when I'm taking care of myself, getting the rest I need. Um, I'm able to face things and my thought patterns are a lot healthier when I'm taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. And I've always valued that to a point, mm-hmm. but it's gone to a deeper level as I've made the association between all of my parts. Yeah, yeah, me <laughs> Every too. part of me. Yes, me too. Well, you have a number of daily practices that relate to this. I mean, I see, um, you know, the start of your day on Instagram, you're usually your first post is a verse and then a story that kind of includes your journal and coffee and worship music. Um, So share a little bit about um, these daily practices about how you start your day, Um, you know, quiet time with God, time to reflect, time to sit, which is really hard for a lot of people, especially with all that they know they have on their plate for that day. How did you get to a place where these things are becoming a daily practice and how does that help you? Yes, that's a great question. And I, I am very committed to that spiritual practice of starting my day that way. Uh, it started probably 15 or 20 years ago. So it's mm-hmm. been a long time mm-hmm. practice. And I think I recognize that I really am a weak person Mm. and undisciplined unless I really set my mind to something and recognize the importance. And so I started that and it just, it really did transform my life to start my day Mm -hmm. in that way. And I know not everybody's the same, but, and I don't want to judge anybody else's um, situation, but for me, I'm just too weak to start my day without the Lord. Mm-hmm. I'm way too weak. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, the reason why I do some similar daily practices, it, it was a result of desperation, yes. right? I mean, yes. it's experiencing enough days without this time with God and just knowing how messed up my perspective gets and how muddled my mind gets. And so these these daily practices, and it doesn't have to be in the morning. It can be in the afternoon. Yes. It can be in the evening, whatever. But these daily practices of quiet and rest and journaling and prayer, I mean, they are grounding and they just, um, they're really smaller tools that been better enable us then to be able to use these bigger tools to help us fight for joy. Yes, I um, agree. I usually see an open journal on your lap. Um, so yes. what are you, are you writing out prayers? Are you writing out Bible passages? Are you setting goals, priorities? What? How does journaling play into this for you? All of that. Um, mm-hmm. I always write scripture that resounds with me just word for word, mm-hmm. which some people would not understand and wouldn't call journaling. But for me, I've found that I'm so visual that if I write it and look at it, it goes Mm -hmm. to a deeper level with Mm -hmm. me and I can meditate on it better. Mm -hmm. But I also find that um, I get insight as I'm reading God's word and as I'm just quiet. Sometimes that's when I do the most journaling is not even when I'm reading, Mm -hmm. but as I'm just sitting quietly, either listening to um, 
worship music or even just in the silence. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like God builds me up when I spend time in his presence in the quiet. For sure. I love to be still, Mm -hmm. which as a child, (laughs) I was not that kid, Mm -hmm. but I found the value in it as an adult. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it just really grounds me in what matters to me. Yes, for sure. What what led you to start posting these stories on Instagram? I mean, what do you what do you want people to take away from it or what feedback are you getting about what people are taking away from it? The thing I love about it is Instagram gives me a platform and it may only be a few people. I mean, it has grown obviously because like-minded people on Mm -hmm. Instagram tend to find each other. Mm -hmm. But I find that for people who don't have a lot of hope, when they see, I believe there's power in the word of God. And just by reading one verse, it could grab them and Mm -hmm. make a difference for them and give them hope they need. And I really am just really passionate about sharing my faith. Although I do want to be respectful of people, mm-hmm. so I don't want to just walk up and and spit a verse out in someone's face. Right. And so by just sharing what has value for me mm-hmm. in that sort of subtle way, it and the consistency of it, I mm-hmm. feel, is really, really important. I want people to know this isn't just, oh, I'm desperate today, so I'm going to read the word and, and pray. It's, mm-hmm. it's my daily practice without yeah. fail, unless, you know, I'm not... <laughs> To the point where I'm so legalistic about it, but I I do really, really prioritize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it I know it blesses me and encourages me. I feel like, um, you know, it can be really, we can all be really quick to just jump on social media at the start of the day, see what everybody's doing, and then all of a sudden, you know, our minds and our thoughts are just quickly filled with all kinds of things. And oftentimes for me, I have too many voices or even the wrong voices or too much noise in my both inside and outside of me. So I'm grateful for a friend like you who shows me that you are starting your day by seeking Christ and seeking wisdom and seeking perspective. Um, and you spur me on and remind me because, man, we we need to do a lot of remembering. Yes. <laughs> That's a big part of all of this, too. Just remembering truth, remembering what really matters, remembering what our perspective should be. And, and also just remembering how God carried us through yesterday and the day before and the day before that and how that gives us the ability to trust him with whatever today may hold. And sometimes these morning quiet times can help us to reflect and think on that. Yes. And I, you asked about feedback. Mm-hmm. And I would say not a day goes by that I don't get some feedback mm-hmm. on the either the verse or a lot of people will say it feels so good to see someone being still mm-hmm. and the serenity and peace they feel. Or people will often inquire, what worship song is that? Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that's, lots of you, feedback. Yeah, good, good. I'm glad. And I think you're right in the way that you're not um, trying to force your faith onto anybody else. Because what you just said, I mean, a non-Christian could say that. Somebody with no faith could say that is a peaceful way to start your morning. And so you're just setting the example of just um, quieting yourself and implementing these habits and these daily practices that help us set the foundation for the day. Right. Yeah. Well, along with explaining um, what these tools look like on a practical level, which you've done a great job of so far, um, I really think it's helpful to ask my guests why it's helpful. I love when we can connect the dots on the why or the how. So in other words, 
when you um, are working on having a healthy mindset, um, and this is incorporated into your life on a regular basis, how specifically does it help you? How does it help you restore and renew joy? That is a great question. <laughs> I I just feel like um, it it starts to become a habit, mm-hmm. and in that habit. Uh, I don't have to think as hard and it becomes more of a flow. Mm-hmm. And when I have those spiritual disciplines in place, it just allows it to flow more naturally. I don't have to overthink things. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, coming here, this is a vulnerable spot. Yeah. But I love to be able to share. And so I'm just trusting that God will equip me to do the things he's calling me to do and that I just have to live it out and not be a fearful um, person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it makes so much sense to me that, that being purposeful about these things, um, would produce loads of joy because, um, like we've mentioned, I mean, so much of our fight for joy is in our head and that's exactly why I wanted to have you on today. It's just such a crucial conversation. Um, you know, when we lose perspective or we start believing lies or like you said, you know, we aren't taking our thoughts captive or we become slaves to our thoughts, um, or, you know, our schedule starts, um, being in such a way that it doesn't reflect our priorities or our values, or we start believing these lies. I mean, we seriously lack joy. Yes. Yes. Um, do you want to talk for a minute about simplifying? I mean, (laughs) we've kind of hinted around it a little bit, but it's also something that you post, um, about a lot. Um, how do you think clutter, (laughs) robs people of joy. And by clutter, I mean, I do mean stuff, of course. But I mean, we can also say a cluttered mind or cluttered relationships or a cluttered schedule. These things can really hinder our joy. Um, So what changes have you seen in your life by simplifying, whether it's your mind, your home, your schedule, your closet? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But specifically, how does simplifying, how has it affected you and produced joy? That is great. I am super passionate about that as well. And the thing that I think that it has done for me is it helps me to clarify my priorities. I'm not as overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Um, I've mentioned that I'm very visual. So having beautiful surroundings, but also a lot of space Mm -hmm. is really helpful. And the same thing goes for um, clarifying my thoughts. It, Mm -hmm. it just, if I can simplify things. So for example, in my thought life, if it's not cluttered, it's more just, um, focused on what I value Mm -hmm. instead of the expectations that I feel are on me. I'm able to make decisions based on my values and not on what others expect from me. Mm -hmm. And those, and it might not even be that they expect it. It's what I think or perceive that they expect of me. Mm -hmm. So there's that, but also, um, my closet, (laughs) let me talk about that. That has been life changing. I do, uh, sort of a capsule wardrobe, but Mm -hmm. it's by my own standards. When I'd never heard that term before you mentioned it. So explain what a capsule wardrobe even is. Yes. It's a very condensed set of, um, clothing actually. And I do a seasonal Mm -hmm. set of clothing. So, I change it out basically spring, summer, winter, and fall. And I just um, have a limited number of items in my closet. And right now, I can't remember the exact number, but it's probably about 45 items. That sounds really clinical, but it's just, um, 
it it works for me Mm -hmm. because then when I go to my closet and my visual brain takes a look at what is there I'm not overwhelmed Mm -hmm. by too many choices yeah and the other thing is everything in my closet I love to wear Mm -hmm. I don't have a single thing in my closet that I think well I could lose a few pounds before I wear that Mm -hmm. or oh there's a button missing Mm -hmm. it it's just everything is ready to go yeah. And so there's less to think about when I get up and get dressed. And I actually find joy in putting outfits together. Mm-hmm. I have less jewelry. The one thing I haven't conquered is my shoes. I am a definite shoe person. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it, it simplifying has, it's been a part of every part of my life. My yeah. schedule has definitely um changed a lot in the last five years I've made really conscious choices to not overbook myself Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we could get into some real deep conversation about why I tended toward workaholism Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but um that's a battle that I fight too and part of that is my Enneagram yeah touch on that I would love to hear just a little bit of what you've learned through that journey of fighting workaholism yes so when I feel like we all have tendencies to want to numb things. Mm-hmm. If we if we have painful areas of our life, we want to numb them with something. And I'm not a big drinker. Um, food, because I value the body God's given me, I try to eat fairly well. Not that mm-hmm. I don't have my issues with that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like work was something. My dad was a really hard worker. And I feel like that was a a thing that I, that he modeled for me, which was Mm -hmm. of great value, but I took it a little far at Mm -hmm. one point and I was finding a lot of my worth in my work and it was numbing a lot of things that I needed to deal with. Mm. And I, I love my clients and I feel like, um, I really provide a service and value to them, but I think I'd I'd taken it to the extent that it affected my family and my mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. And I didn't intend for that to happen. Just as people with any kind of um, numbing uh, characteristics, it's not like we set out to hurt anybody in our lives. But when you work all the time, mm-hmm. even as well-meaning as I was, it was out of balance. Mm-hmm. And I'm an Enneagram 3 so, and that's something Jody and I talk about yes. is the Enneagram. Yes. And it's, it's been helpful for me and my relationships, but also from uh, an introspective um, aspect, I'm able now to recognize my weaknesses mm-hmm. and to recognize that um, I need to really be careful to not wrap myself up too much in my work and Mm -hmm. finding my worth in that way. Mm -hmm. And my to-do list used to be such, my productivity in general was just so valuable to me. And I'm still dealing with that. But now I'm really, really valuing the relationships I have and trying to honor those. And I'm trying to steward all the resources that God has given me Mm -hmm. so that I can be um, the person that I need to be and not be out of balance Mm-hmm. That's hard. It's so hard. <laughs> but boy, that struggle is real, Becky. You're right. I mean, we are all wanting to be comforted and numbed and escape the pain of this broken world. And we all have the things that we run to. And I think um, the progress um, and the purposefulness that you have experienced um, in this journey, I've seen it. I mean, you are living just a, a really beautiful, purposeful um 
life um, that seems from the outside looking in as your friend um, to be um, better balanced and um, an encouragement to other people as they see you figure out how to navigate all of that too. So thank you for sharing that. Of course. And I would assume as a three, that's that's tying in and makes it even more difficult. Um, I asked you before we started if you'd be willing to talk for a couple minutes about photography. Um, and I think that's a good tie-in since we just... Um, talked about work. Um, you are so gifted at photography, Becky, and I really see you as um, as a leader in this area in helping other people seek and find and see beauty. Um, and I think as Christians, that then helps people point to the beauty of our creator. And I think um, whether it's on your Instagram or through your photographs um, or even just um, the way that you work and um, just the value that you place in in working hard and well and the way you honor your clients, um, you just you really lead well in pointing out the beauty and creation and the beauty all around us that um, I think a lot of us miss. Um, especially when we haven't done the hard work of the mindset work and exactly what we are discussing, um, a cluttered life, a cluttered mind, our priorities are disordered. Um, it's hard to see the beauty that surrounds us, but, um, you know, you, and I think in photography, um, have the ability then to, to show beauty, you know, the beauty and a smile, the beauty in the right lighting, the beauty in a mom kissing her baby, the beauty of a graduating senior or even a cute dog. Um, I've seen you post pictures of, you know, the beauty of a couple who's persevered through a messy and difficult marriage, but you're able to capture their commitment or you capture the beauty of somebody nearing the end of their life. And in your photograph, we can see a life well lived. Um, you're just, you're good at leading others to see beauty through photography. So spend a few minutes just kind of talking about, um, how photography has helped you to see more of the beauty of creation, the beauty of our creator, the beauty of the things and the people around you. Sure. Uh, I feel like something really important about photography is to know that everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. And my heart is to help them to tell their story without words, but just through their um, expression Mm -hmm. and their own beauty. And I have found, and this is going to sound maybe cliche, but I, I just really truly believe that there is beauty in everyone and that you don't have to look that hard to find it, honestly. Mm Mm-hmm. And so when I photograph someone, my heart is just to capture something in them that their family, their loved ones will be able to look at and have a memory that really, I'm not so much about um, the perfect smiles or the, you know, all eyes on the camera. I really like to capture the essence of people. Mm Mm-hmm again, may sound cliche, but it really truly is my heart Mm -hmm. is wanting to just um, be able to document that moment in time and something that resounds with their story. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see that. And you do do that well, Becky. And that is inspiring for people. And, you know, you inspire others, but what inspires you? I mean, so... (laughs) You know, when you need inspiration, where do you go? What do you look at? I mean, what are some things that you do to find inspiration, um, not just in photography, but just in finding these these simple beauties in life? 
Yeah, I I love to be outside and I walk outside if I possibly humanly am able without, you know, the snow and ice. Mm-hmm. I'll walk outside. I have clothes that I can bundle up in and, and that really inspires me. And I think part of that is the stillness. Mm-hmm. The other thing that is hugely inspiring to me is travel. Mm-hmm. Every time I travel, I almost immediately get perspective and that yeah. perspective brings inspiration to me. Mm-hmm. And I am sort of a philosophical thinker. And so um, little things will often just um, bring inspiration. I'm really excited. I think I've worked through some kind of difficult years. There have been beauty in those difficult years. But um, I was recently traveling and I God brought to mind two projects that I one is already started, but I it sort of stalled out, but I'm really ready to hit it again. And that project is to photograph people who have wisdom and mm-hmm. are seasoned even mm-hmm. more than I am. So so mm-hmm. my idea is to photograph, continue photographing people who are probably 80 plus, mm-hmm. but depending on their story, I'll let some 75 year olds <laughs> in there. <laughs> And I really, my dream is just to uh, honor their story with just a small little information piece about them, but Mm -hmm. primarily to just really capture their features. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a book that's all in black and white. Mm. And it may just be for me. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. But I find that to be very motivating and it makes me excited to take photos because mm-hmm. anything that you do consistently, even if it's your passion, can become stagnant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm very excited about that. And then I have another kind of secret project that I'm working for and on, and it will be a gallery wall in a nonprofit. Mm. And I God has it. just been bringing all these really cool ideas to my head for oh, those photos. Oh. And I can't wait to get going on it. I can't wait to hear more about <laughs> it. <laughs> That's awesome. I think it'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right, Becky. It does take slowing down. I mean, even to yes. take the time to photograph elderly people that's not glamorous that's not going to be flashed up all over Instagram and shared and getting a bunch of likes I mean these are these are precious photos for the family for you for others to see what wisdom looks like what a life well lived looks like what years of persevering through this broken world looks like and that takes slowing down Yes. Takes slowing down to see these simple beauties in life. And you do a good job of that, Becky. Thank I'm you. Really thankful, not just in photography, but um, even on Instagram. I mean, you you show the beauty in preparing and presenting a healthy meal. I mean, I love when you go shopping at Home Goods and point <laughs> out the pretty things there, right? And sharing the things in your home and things outside. Um, we need more beauty in this yes. world. And so thank you for being a light in that way. Absolutely. And I love to share. That's something. And I I don't just like to share and not receive back. I loved the give and take of sharing. Mm -hmm. And I find it hard to not share something that I'm excited about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, keep sharing. Okay. (laughs) I will. Um, Well, I know just on another little tiny little tangent I want to go off on that you have... um, you have a huge heart for women. You do a lot in our community and in the women in your life. You're just an encourager and a cheerleader. I've experienced that firsthand. And so in this season of your life, when you you know come alongside of other women and you're buoying them up in their faith and in their various 
callings. I'm just, I'm curious to hear your perspective a little bit on what you think a couple of the top things are that seem to be robbing women in particular of joy. I think it's definitely tied into what you and I have been talking about with mindset. I think that's huge. Um, But how can we as women come alongside of each other and encourage each other to keep fighting for joy? Yes, that is a passion of mine. And I actually, um, I never thought about mentoring but within a few months time, probably five years ago, I had like five women ask me to mentor them. Hmm. And I thought, wow, I must be getting old. No, (laughs) Becky, that doesn't surprise me at all. You have so much wisdom to give. Thank you. Well, so that opened up my eyes to the fact that all of us as women are so much more alike than we're different in the Mm -hmm. one thing. And that is that we're broken. Mm hmm. And that we mm-hmm. just want to be whole. Mm-hmm. And so we I need just... a savior. That's what I always say too. We do. Yeah. We do. And so I just really am so excited to cheer women on mm-hmm. and to... I feel like I do have a little bit of a gift of seeing um, special things in women that they may not see in themselves. And I like to be able to, mm-hmm. to share that with them. Um I, I can think of several, several examples, but the one thing that comes to my mind, an older friend of mine told me a long time ago that the things that come naturally to us, we don't think are gifts. Hmm. We see them and we, we kind of think that everybody possesses that yeah. ability, Yeah. but not everybody does. So natural born leaders don't always get that not everybody has that ability. Right. And so it's just really fun for me. And I feel like God's given me opportunities to share with women what I see in them. That's really great. Yeah. What a gift. What a gift, Becky. That's I've seen that in you. And I mean, like I said, I've experienced it from you and um, just thankful for the light that you are in so many women's lives. And it does not surprise me that people um, are clamoring to have you be their mentor. (laughs) I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) Um, What do you think the difference is between um, positive self-talk? I think as women, we hear over and over, like, you know, this whole idea of self-care, self-talk, all of these things, which are very important. But what's the difference between that and actually speaking truth to yourself? I, you know, there's that quote out there that says we need to listen to ourselves less and talk to ourselves more. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you know, scripture telling us to renew our minds and to take our thoughts captive, captive. And, you know, I think one thing we can do is help each other recount the promises of God, right? I mean, it's one thing to know God is faithful, God will keep his promises. But it's a whole other thing to actually know what his promises are and to recount them and to speak them to one another and to help each other trust them. So what what is some encouragement that you might have for women when they are discouraged, um, not necessarily to just positively talk themselves up and mm-hmm. talk about all the great things that um, all the great things about them, but really speaking truth to themselves and over one another? Yes, I, I feel that it's a heart issue. And so basically, if, if you can go to the Lord and say, search my heart and Mm -hmm. be open to whatever, um, and sometimes it comes in the form of, of loving friends who will be willing to speak truth to you. So if there is an area you need to clean up or, Mm -hmm. or be aware of, like, for example, my working, I had a couple women speak into my life that they wondered if it was a little out of balance Hmm. and they were so loving and kind and how Mm -hmm. they shared that with me Mm -hmm. that, um, unfortunately I, 
I didn't receive it at the time, Mm -hmm. but wow, what a wake up call. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. because I did have to face some consequences of that. And that was a tough time, but I'm so thankful for it now. I'm thankful that God used it for good. And um, so I see in myself the weaknesses and the fact that I can't just tell myself everything's fine when it's not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I need to be open to people speaking into my life and to recognizing that I have blind spots and we all do. So we need to receive what the word shows us and what um, people who love us tell us. And then we're able to claim the promises and stop believing any lies that aren't truth. Mm-hmm. Once we've been open to the truth and we've been repentant and accepting of our responsibility, then I think it's, um, it's time to just start speaking those positive things mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> to ourselves. That's good. That's super helpful. Thank you. Well, let's circle back to our main topic of taking our thoughts captive and um, creating a healthy mindset, um, keeping a good perspective. Um, As I said a number of times um, this season on the podcast, just knowing what will help us fight for joy isn't enough. We've got to actually implement these tools and integrate them into our life. And yet all kinds of things get in the way. There are obstacles that present themselves and hinder us from doing the very things that we know would help us and what we want to be doing. So what challenges tend to present themselves in your life as you strive to use this tool, as you strive to have a simplified mindset, a clear perspective, an uncluttered mind, simplified home, all of these things that we've talked about, what gets in the way? Busyness gets in the way. That's Mm -hmm. one thing. Mm -hmm. And the way that I deal with that is I allow the, I guess I I go to the Lord with my day and I try to see if there's anything that I need to let go of. And that's a day by day thing. But I've changed the narrative too from when people ask me how I'm doing, you know, I used to always say, oh, I'm doing great, but I'm really busy. Mm -hmm. And I hate that now. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. like that phrase. So I have changed my narrative to today's going to be a full day, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of value in this day. Yes. And I also don't look at interruptions from people as being Hmm. interruptions anymore. Hmm. I I stop and try to recognize that my relationships are more important than my productivity and things can wait. Most things can wait, Mm -hmm. but we we -hmm. put a pressure on ourselves to perform at a certain level and really... That's not going to matter. At the end of our life, that's not going to matter. No. And so I don't know if that's practical enough (laughs) for your question. Yes. No, that's that's exactly what I was trying to get at. And and you're right. I mean, we can be busy with things that don't matter. So that word busy (laughs) is so different than full or, you know, kind of having value Mm -hmm. and purpose in in our days. And that doesn't mean I mean, that that could mean that our days are crazy nutty but that's very different than being busy and you're right when we are you know just too busy then people get in the way these daily practices get in the way Mm -hmm. we don't um, take the time to be purposeful with setting this foundation for um, for our mind and our soul and our body yes well I don't think there's anybody listening who wouldn't love to work on having a more healthy mindset and experience all of the trickle effects 
um, including joy. So say there's somebody listening who who knows that um, that things are just chaotic in their mind, in their home, in their life, in their schedule, um, and they want to start um, finding more balance, finding more purposeful um, living. Um, they want just a healthier mindset. Um, what are two or three things that you would suggest for them to do to get started and begin living this way? I would say the most important thing for me was to narrow my focus mm -hmm. and really get down to what do I value? Mm -hmm. What do I want? And what does God want for my day? Mm -hmm. And then to just take it day by day, mm -hmm. one day at a time, which is very cliche, but it's so true. And I feel like for me, because of my um, creative nature, I had to just make a decision to put some methods and practices in place. Mm -hmm. And even if I wasn't feeling it, to just do a little something every day that was part of um, my long-term goal mm -hmm. of what I wanted my life to look like and what I felt like the Lord was leading me to do. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, as I said, I changed the narrative from busy to full. I think mm -hmm. for people who are, are filling their lives with things, um, just to take the time to examine what is what are my days consisting of mm -hmm. and break it down. And um, the other narrative that I've changed is instead of thinking I'm overwhelmed, I try to be grateful for the opportunities that God is giving me and to look at them as opportunities mm -hmm. and to not allow um, my adrenaline to spike up and mm -hmm. to get nervous or like, how am I going to do my life? But rather just allow the Lord to calm me down and see things as an opportunity mm -hmm. and know that he'll equip me for what he calls me to. Yeah, he will. He will. I love that idea of narrowing your focus. I think that's great advice. Mm -hmm. And and you're right, sometimes it ta it comes by taking inventory of what your life looks like now. I mean, sometimes to just say, what is the focus of my life um, might be a little too contemplative. I mean, you <laughs> might need to really sit and evaluate where is my money going? Where is my time going? Where is my energy going? And kind of taking inventory and then, you know, focusing, kind of narrowing the focus on what do I want my life to look like? What do I want my priorities to be? What do I want my perspective to be? A couple of years ago, I took a one-day sabbatical on hmm. January 1st, and I, I basically categorized my life. Wow. And I wrote down every category, and it was based on a book I was reading called Living Forward. And it's okay. about avoiding the drift, that we hmm. can all just kind of drift into a life we didn't really think we would end up in. Hmm. But it was basically to just break down the categories in my life, the relationships, everything that I'm involved in, um, my work, my spiritual um, obligations for church and, and just everything, even my, um, my creative pursuits that are just mine mm -hmm. and making time for things and properly uh, giving time to the things that I really value. And that has really been life-changing for me, oh, too. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. What a great idea. Yeah. And then to just look at time and money. What am I spending my resources on? What mm -hmm. is important to me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very important. Well, at the beginning of our recording, I mentioned that I have seen you fight for joy with many different tools, and we've touched on a number of them. Um, 
You have a lot of good tools in your toolbox. <laughs> so as we start wrapping up, um, what else would you be willing to share in regards to other things that you've found helpful in your fight for joy? How else do you keep pressing on when things get tough? You've mentioned getting outside and mm-hmm. getting a little exercise. Um, is that another key one or are there a couple other things? Sure. I recently, um, I used to work in the craft industry, and so I did a lot of uh, creative projects that were very tactile and mm-hmm. um, painting and using paper. And I, I'd set that aside, and photography is very creative. Mm-hmm. But recently, I just was starting to feel like I needed to pursue some of that again, some mm-hmm. hands on projects. And mm-hmm. so I started painting. Mm-hmm. and started using some power tools to make things and that is just so I love that feeling so much and I also love my home mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love to uh, just recreate my home with things I already have and maybe implementing a few new pieces here and there but I'm really trying to challenge myself just to create a home with what I already have mm-hmm. that I can love and mm-hmm. I like to move things around and it probably drives my husband crazy a little <laughs> bit, but he's starting to understand that that's just one of my creative pursuits and it makes me happy. And yeah. sometimes it's super simple things that are right in front of us mm-hmm. that we just think, well, I don't have time to do that or I don't have the energy. But once you do them, mm-hmm. it just really changes your perspective and your mindset. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's really good. You're right. And I'm sure even if it does drive Tom crazy, I'm sure he does see (laughs) the joy that it produces, right? And the energy that it, um, that it gives you the, the way that you feel recharged and excited about it. Yes. And I do feel very, very blessed that I do have a supportive husband Mm -hmm. who loves to see me operate in Mm -hmm. my um, creative pursuits and Mm -hmm. whatever. I come up with a lot of ideas. (laughs) I'm an idea person. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it's overwhelming to him at times, but he does his best to be supportive of whatever Mm -hmm. I want to try. And I'm, I'm kind of a risk taker. So that's awesome. I mean, whether it's our (laughs) husband or a best friend, I mean, it is so helpful when we have somebody who um who like i said earlier is cheering you on and supporting you in whatever callings you have on your life but also the fun things that you want to do that bring you joy yes well this has been so good becky and i know that my listeners are going to have no doubt as to why i wanted to have you on and so if they want to connect with you would you say instagram is the best way i know you also have that facebook group so how could people find you or connect with you instagram and facebook are my probably top things. I'm not really active on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, those would be the best ways. And that's just Becky Novacek? Yes. Okay. Yes. And you also have the photography, Becky Novacek photography. Yes. And okay. that link is in my profile of my okay. personal account. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you go follow her, you will definitely find inspiration there and you know as a little side note one of the things I think people will love is your top five faves and maybe (laughs) you could just quickly explain what that is because I have been loving that thank you I I just think sometimes uh it's easy to um to not look at at positive things that you are enjoying little things that we can all Mm -hmm. enjoy Mm -hmm. just very simple pleasures in life and so every Wednesday I post my top five favorites at the moment. Mm -hmm. And it can be very simple things. It could be my favorite kombucha Mm -hmm. right now, Mm -hmm. or it might be um, going to a certain park and hanging out with my grandkids or um, just all kinds of little, little things, maybe an awareness of a certain style that I'm, I'm loving. 
and most everything generally is very affordable. I'm not going to be saying my trip to Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) Although that sounds nice. Yeah. (laughs) But yes, I just, I love to share, as I said earlier, Mm -hmm. and I love when people respond with their Mm -hmm. top five and that's catching on a little bit. It is. It is. I like that. I love it. And it does, it gets back to finding beauty in the simple things. And, you know, these top five lists really do reflect you and how you strive to live with a heart and a mindset full of gratitude. Um, Well, thank you, friend, for being on (laughs) and for sharing your heart and some of the special things that God has been teaching you. I just, I really respect your walk with the Lord. Um, It's deep and it's real and you make me want to love Christ more. So thank you. Thank you, Jody, And thank you for doing this podcast. Um, I I wanted to share that I have listened to every episode now Hmm. and I have found so much inspiration in every single episode, and I'm just so grateful that you're willing to do this and that um, with your experiences that you you just want to help other people. Mm-hmm. And I think your podcast is just such a valuable tool for so many of us, and I'm sure it's a lifeline for many who are walking mm-hmm. through something really tough right now. Mm-hmm. So thank you, thank you, thank you for doing it and your willingness. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome, and thank you for being on it. And um, yeah, I just I love the way that you you desire to keep growing and keep learning, and um, you just are always working on yourself and inspiring and encouraging others and. Um, you just really are one of the most beautiful, interesting, and purposeful people I know. So it's a privilege to walk with you in friendship as, um, as you seek beauty in this broken world and as we both keep persisting in our fight for joy together. I appreciate you. I appreciate you too, Jody. Thank you so much for listening today. If you were helped or encouraged by this episode, please share it with others. I would also love for you to find me on social media. You can connect with me and others who are listening on my Fighting for Joy podcast page on either Facebook or Instagram. You can also send me an email at fightingforjoypodcast at gmail.com. Podcasts have been such a lifeline for me in grief and one of the top ways that my soul is recharged and encouraged on a weekly basis. I truly hope that this podcast will do the same for you. Keep fighting for joy.